0: Okay, we are here offshore to profits and Nazmul and I have a really interesting kind of stories from the road, conversations from customers on something that's going to help you course correct as a founder, as a chief revenue officer, as a chief marketing officer. And let me set the, the stage for the issue as to why I kind of want to bring it to the forefront. There is a saying, you're trying to stuff 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag and what that really means let me kind of give you the context what ends up happening is you run a small business and you're so used to being resource constraint that what you do is you hire talent and you give them 97 projects because you can only afford that one resource That one resource, you can see ooze coming out of their ears because you're overworking them. You're asking them to be generalists almost all the time because you can't afford specialists. So here's what ends up happening. You develop a legacy bias. That legacy bias is I bring on a teammate in my marketing department or in sales or uh, maybe as an office administrator, executive assistant and i ask them to do these 97 things none of which get done really specialized but again you're spending $5,000 a month $8,000 a month whatever you can, you know, just stuffing everything you can into the one teammate but there is an alternative and unfortunately you take that legacy bias you start offshoring you start repeating your same problems you start stuffing 97 projects onto one resource. Now that one resource is already four, six, eight, ten 10 times cheaper than it is in North America. But your mindset hasn't changed because you're so used to overloading one teammate rather than thinking, oh my God, this is for the first time ever, I have the ability to turkey slice this role into many different roles and have specialists. So I'm gonna pass the ball to Nazmul. Nazmul seeing it firsthand specifically in marketing departments. Nazmul, the floor is yours.
1: What are you seeing? Yeah, absolutely. So look, it's it's very obvious that people from U.S. maybe in some cases are smarter, and that's okay, right? But here's my opinion. When we are outsourcing, maybe there was a guy in Austin, Texas, um, and maybe you were paying that person about $8,000, right? Now, when you're outsourcing, maybe you are offering to bangladesh and maybe you are paying one person 1000 dollars please understand you are already saving 7000 dollars so i understand that there was one person who was doing the job and maybe now there is one more person in bangladesh who cannot do the whole thing but what you can do is think little in a, in a very smart way like okay i was i was i'm already saving 7000 even if I say, even if I get to save $4,000, I still get to save $4,000, which is like 50% of the entire amount. So if you hire even three, three more you know, people, I'm not saying we should, but just saying three more people, you still get to save 50% of the entire cost, right? And if you think long term, that's the best way to do it. Why? Two things will happen. One, the people that you're, you'll be working with, you know, more than one person, they will help you in a few ways because now there you have more man hours. You can give more stuff to these, these people. That's number one. Number two, the way I look at it is there is always a backup. So if one person can, you know, is just not available one day, the other person can always be a backup. So what I would request anybody who is offering, let's not think about, oh, there was this guy who was doing this job and now I'm offering. There should still be one guy who will do the whole thing. Let's not do that. Think, let's think logically how can we how can think i think what we should think about or the way we should approach it is how can we save money and think get things done even if i have to hire four people or two to do the same job that one person was doing in York. that's the way i think which because at the end of the day it's about getting things done right it's about getting things done so if four people can do the job let them do it let them do it that's the best way you can utilize the resources that Maybe you're you know, working with a well offering. The other thing is, it, it, this is my opinion, is that I, what I always say is like, count, count thousands, not pennies, which means maybe, maybe what you need to hire, maybe, so maybe you have one full-time person and you need to hire another person who is just part-time. That might just increase the cost $200 or $300. Pay for it. That's, that should be okay for you because, what will happen is a lot more work will get produced, which means maybe because of that, a lot more marketing will happen, a lot more sales will happen, and eventually that will end up helping you in more money. So you should definitely think about costs. You should definitely think about, hey, how much I'm spending and this and that. But think about thousands, like thousands of money spending, thousands of money earning, and not like pennies, right? Like, oh, can I save 50 more dollars here? Let's not do that.
0: Yeah, that that saying is penny wise, pound foolish. And let me give you two tactical examples, one in a marketing department, one in a sales department. So in a marketing department, organic content marketing rules the world. I mean, if you are not investing in your long term health in organic content marketing, you pay the Pied Piper long term in in the future. So what ends up happening? You're a couple million dollar business. You're five or $10 million business. And instead of having a robust marketing team, you might have like a marketing leader plus one other person. That one other person, you've asked them to write blogs. You've asked, okay, so there's, there's a role of a copywriter right there. You've asked them to post on social media. Now you've got a social media manager. You've asked them to organize your webinars and podcasts. Uh, But then who's doing the editing of that podcast? So there's three or four rules. Then you've asked them to do email campaigns. So all the while, you don't make massive strides and advancements in any one of those departments. What you did is you just turned a light switch on. Now, what could you have done? You realize that there are those that would spend their time focused on email campaigns. That's one person. You would have one person Who's just optimizing social posts? For uh, another one, who's a copywriter and maybe working on your website uh, for search engine optimization and keywords. Like you could have afforded three people that have gone a mile deep, rather than a mile wide. And the same sort of scenario happens in sales. Like in the sales support side, you've asked somebody to develop account lists, accounts, contacts, data enrichment. You've asked people to do CRM updates. You've asked people to monitor your uh, inflow inbox of inbound lead flow, or maybe your customer support tickets. Again, you could have subdivided that. You have somebody who's a HubSpot master internally that optimizes the HubSpot experience. At the same time, you have somebody who just monitors the inflow of emails coming into your sales team pre-sales and your post-sales customer support tickets. Uh, those could have been subdivided. So one of the things that uh, that Nazmul and I would suggest is don't take a role, like as an example, re- revenue operations or marketing operations who kind of run the back end of all of marketing or sales and say, well, because the last person we had there, they did these 97 things. Break it down into tasks, projects, and initiatives and recognize that you could now go much, much deeper in any one of those facets for still a fraction of the cost of that one person who's just keeping the lights on, on any one of those tactics. So Nazmul, we are nine minutes in. Anything else you wanna kinda add to this podcast episode?
1: No, let's look long-term, guys. Everybody, let's look. We look long, we think long-term, not today not tomorrow A year a year ahead like think about how much money you will already, already be saving if you're saving 4000 dollars a month right um so within 10 months that's like 40000 dollars if i'm not wrong so that's a huge amount so think about how much you will already be saving not like how can i count pennies can i save you know 100 more dollars uh 100 more dollars that's the only thing that i can I, th- I can think about and uh the last thing that we can end with is Customer acquisition cost is something that you have to keep in mind. And this is what all the marketers are saying right now. If, if you can have a lower customer acquisition cost, that's the number one thing that you should be focusing on. That will be helping you more than anything else long term. So lower customer acquisition cost. Lower customer acquisition cost. That's when you can be okay with giving a good discount. Maybe that's what the client wants, right? So think about lowering your customer acquisition cost, well, and your, that can really happen, yeah, with the offering.
0: Well, when you lower your cost of customer acquisition, it gives you exceptionally more optionality on the type of customers you bring on. It allows yeah. you, uh, I did this with my first company, Sales for Life. At Sales for Life, we were enterprise hunters by accident. So in my first year or two of the company, it went from zero to multi-millions because we had somehow naturally attracted the Oracles, the Intels, the Thomson Reuters of the world. Whereas most sales training industry was about inching your way north of you would go from micro SMB to SMB to lower mid-market to mid-market and so forth. So we got really lucky that we started winning the biggest companies in the world. But then we realized if we optimized our cost of customer acquisition, we could now take this program which was already polished by global enterprise and bring it down to lower mid market and bring it down to the SMB. And we'd be able to afford to be able to do that. And that was such a competitive advantage because we had a product that was robust enough for the enterprise, which most of our competitors were not. And now offering at a price that the the, uh, lower mid market and the SMB could afford And all we had to do was change up. And the big change, of course, came from changing our marketing spend because our marketing spend got out of control onshore. And we then changed up the support cast on the marketing team, allowing us to, instead of just doing $100,000 deals, we could do $100,000 deals and we could do $20,000 deals to be able to expand our customer base into. Uh, lower mid-market, and SMB.
1: So, yeah with long story short. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. With, with, long story short, start off, <laughs> Okay, so with that, everybody, please share this
0: uh, podcast with your fellow founders, your CEOs, chief revenue officers, chief marketing officers. Let them know there's an alternative way to think about creating a competitive moat, competitive advantage in your business, and it's with... Um, you know, human capital, and it's with operating leverage. So please subscribe, like, share this, and looking forward to our next episode. You take care.